Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much for listening to my podcasts and story compilations. I'd also love to engage with you on my other platforms. I do live multi-streams usually Sunday nights starting at 9 p.m. Central on YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, and now Facebook. I also do live streams every Wednesday on TikTok starting at 3 p.m. Central. And you can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and at dusty-thunder.com where you can submit your own story, shop swag, even support our Mission Protect the Cake initiative. If you're not subscribed on YouTube yet, I highly recommend it because we post multiple stories there every day. We've rolled out a membership program with exclusive content and we'll be doing even more in 2024. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the stories and may your days stay astronaut free. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an update for a previous post. This is an update for the Am I the Astronaut for telling my wife it was a mistake to stay at a baby shower. So I texted my coworker, let's call him Frank, and asked if we could talk so we meet up during our lunch break. I apologized for everything that happened. He kept telling me it's fine and being so nice about it, and that kind of made me feel worse. He said he has booked Mary a ticket back home for a week and that her sisters and friends were going to surprise her with another baby shower. I asked if he mind if my wife and I pay the expenses of the baby shower they were going to throw. He laughed and said no way, but that he appreciated it. We went back and forth a bit, but he eventually said he'd ask his sister-in-law how much she spends on everything and then would let me know and we can pay half of it. I spoke to my wife when I got home from work. She apologized for ignoring me and said she doesn't know why she behaves like this. She said she's embarrassed and said she can't bring herself to come to terms with how she behaved. We also spoke about the infertility thing. She said she thought her saying it out loud and discussing it with people would make it easier for her if she found out she was actually infertile because she would have already come to terms with it. I don't get it, but hey, at least she didn't dodge accountability this time and did acknowledge that it's wrong and needs to stop. It's slightly worrying to me how she sounds like a completely new person so often lately. Almost like there are multiple versions of her who don't know each other. Yeah, let's go ahead and throw that red flag confetti now. I said, I'm glad she now realizes it's wrong and asked her to send flowers or something with an apology note to Mary's house. I also mentioned that I offered to pay for the next baby shower and she told me to insist that she pays it all and not half. I said, I'm fine with splitting it. She also said she would bake a cake and go to Mary personally to apologize. I told her Mary is leaving town for a week so that it will have to wait till she gets back, but she did send a lengthy text with a sincere, in my opinion, text. Mary responded saying my wife didn't need to apologize and that she understands what happened and thanked her for attending her baby shower. Mary also apologized for leaving without saying goodbye to my wife and the rest of the guests. You see how nice Mary and Frank are? We decided on both individual and couples therapy soon. Anyone know if it's okay to do them simultaneously? She wants to, but I'm not sure it's a great idea. It was a given that we would stop trying for a baby, so that's definitely on hold for now. So yeah, that's it for now, I guess. I've never been to therapy and neither has she, so I'm hoping this is the beginning of our relationship getting much healthier and our individual growths as well. Thank you so much to everyone who responded. My mind is blown by how many of you did. Hope you all have a great year. Let me just start off by clarifying that everything that I know about infertility and pregnancy is from firsthand experience with Candy Thunder. We had our own journey. Not just pulling anything out of thin air, it's information that we discussed. This is like an eerily happy ending, right? I mean, it's not an ending. Of course, there's a long way to go, but like all good things are happening here and that makes me nervous. It's great that his coworker and his coworker's wife were so nice and that seems legitimate. I'm sure that they were irked by it a little bit. Mary had to have been irked by it a little bit, but is just as gracious as can be and so is his coworker, Frank. So, cool. You guys dodged a bullet there, OP. What is going on with your lady is much more concerning. And your line here about it being slightly worrying how she sounds like a completely new person so often lately is definitely a red flag. And you said there's almost like there are multiple versions of her who don't know each other. Even more red flags. So let's see. I mean, hopefully this sticks. Hopefully her realizing that it wasn't right and her wanting to make it right and wanting to do therapy to make sure it never happens again is a huge deal. Now, if you guys actually do end up confronting infertility, it is an extremely rigorous emotional journey and it is going to be very tough on her. 
because she was already having a hard time before she was even infertile. So if you guys end up having any kind of difficulty in this, just know that the emotional stress it puts on her and thus puts on you guys, is it's going to test the limits of your relationship. It's going to test your love. It's going to test your attention. It's going to test everything about you. And making it through the journey of infertility to whatever point, if that ends up being IVF or whatever it is, making it through that is a gauntlet. I think it's great that you put everything on pause and that you're exploring therapy because you are going to have to have all of that shit on lockdown before you start trying again. Before you start trying again, she's got to have a healthy way of coping with everything. And so do you. You have to have a healthy way of supporting each other through that. And it is not easy. Those kind of, so what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Are discussions that you need to have now because they're things that you need to acknowledge are possibilities and things that you need to have a plan in place for. You have to be able to make it through this and emotionally support each other. And if you don't have a plan on how you're going to do that when something happens, you're unprepared. And that is tough because you kind of have to go ahead and put yourself in that position. But uh, your wife clearly doesn't have a problem doing that because she was already playing the infertile role before she was even infertile. So she should be able to put herself in that position. And you know how hard of a time she's going to have with that if it actually happens. So there's a lot of work to do right now. I'm glad that things are going so seemingly well for you. I'm really glad that your coworker and his wife were so cool about everything. There are still a lot of red flags for you and your wife. And I think therapy is a fantastic idea. It has to be taken 100% seriously. And there's a lot of hard work that's going to have to go into it. And it's not going to be like waving a magic wand that's going to make everything okay. Because what comes next is going to be even harder than therapy. Making it through whatever that journey is if there is some kind of infertility issue. So just be prepared. Be prepared to do a lot of hard work. And it's, it's going to be taxing. And it's going to test your limits. I wish you guys the best. I know a lot of the people who watch these videos and comment have gone through that infertility journey or are going through it right now. And I feel for every single one of you because it is not easy. Maybe start building a support group that can be there for all of this so it's not just you two. It's going to be hard enough on you two as it is. That's making the assumption that you guys actually enter some kind of infertility journey. You may not, but she's already having a hard time and you guys aren't even in that yet. So just do the therapy, do the work. Start developing a support system and start planning for anything. And good luck. Am I the Askonaut for cutting off all contact with my mother-in-law for trying to change my daughter's middle name? Hey, I'm 26 female and I just gave birth to my first child. I had a daughter whose name is Story in October 2022. I fell in love with my college sweetheart, 27 male, and we married over two years ago. We started trying for the baby in January 2022 and quickly got pregnant. I've always had a great relationship with my husband's side of the family. My parents died when I was 15 from a car wreck, so my grandparents raised me. My mother-in-law and I have always had the best relationship. She was there for me through the entire pregnancy, and it was going to be her first and only grandkid because my brother-in-law and sister-in-law don't want any kids, and me and my husband only want one kid. Ever since I was little, I said if I had a daughter, she would have my mom's middle name, and if I had a son, he would have my dad's middle name. Surprisingly, we were having a daughter. My mother-in-law was so excited, she even helped me pick out my daughter's name. Story Noelle James. Noelle is my mom's name. She was so happy and excited about her name, or so I thought. Fast forward two months later, I go into labor at work, lol. My coworker drove me to the hospital and my husband and mother-in-law met me there. I wanted her to be in the room because she was my second support person. Everything was going well until it didn't. Unfortunately, I wasn't dilating at all so I had to have an emergency C-section. It went great, 20 minutes later we had a beautiful and healthy daughter. I was really drained and not feeling well afterwards, so I decided to rest while my husband went home to grab some things because I went into labor at work, lol. My mother-in-law agreed to stay with me and look after the baby while I napped. Shortly afterward, I was awoken by one of the nurses on my team and she said, Sorry to wake you, but I heard you express concerns about changing your daughter's middle name. I was completely shocked and dumbfounded and said, Ma'am, what are you talking about? Before she could say anything, my mother-in-law jumped in quickly and said, Well, I just thought since I've been the one that's been here and supporting you, that she should have my middle name. Which is Marie. I was confused and so shocked and literally couldn't get any words out, so I simply said, What? This lady looked me directly in the eyes and said, Well, she's not even here to support you, so what sense does that make? 
I immediately started to shed tears because that really hurt me to my core to hear this. My mom was the best mom anybody could ever ask for. I miss her dearly every single day. She would have been the best grandmother to my daughter. I dried my tears and looked up at her and told her to get out and don't come back. I can't believe that you would say that knowing my mother is dead. She eventually left, and I immediately called my husband crying and telling him what she did. He was so shocked and didn't believe me at first because his mother is not that type of person. I thought so too. He came back to the hospital where the nurses confirmed my story. He apologized to me and gave me a hug and stated that must have been hard to hear. It was. We were discharged two days later and that's when I started receiving texts from my brother-in-law and sister-in-law stating how I'm wrong for kicking her out of the hospital room when all she was trying to do was make me more comfortable. My sister-in-law even went as far to tell me, if you ever call my mother a bitch again, you won't be alive to raise your daughter. It was clear that my mother-in-law fabricated the story. I was shocked, and that's when my husband grabbed the phone and cursed his brother and sister out really badly, especially his sister. And he told them what really happened. They immediately apologized to me. My sister-in-law even started crying for what she said one minute before. I was really mad, but I forgave her because I would be the same way about my mom and grandmother. Three days later, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law came to meet their niece. It was lovely and a beautiful sight to see. 30 minutes later, my mother-in-law pulls up unannounced. I quickly grabbed my baby and went upstairs. My husband opened up the door and told her, you're not allowed here or around the baby until my wife is comfortable. She quickly caused a scene at her front door. Eventually, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law got her to calm down and she left. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law came back in and apologized to us and left. Ever since then, the rude text messages and phone calls didn't stop, even texts about my mom. So that's when I cut off all contact with her. I told my husband that's his mom. I would never tell him not to talk to her, but I'm done. He said, I love you, I love our daughter, and this is my family now. And I'll do whatever it takes to protect it. My grandmother and friends told me I wasn't wrong, and they're proud of me for standing my ground. Surprisingly, my best friend told me that I'm wrong how I'm going about it, especially since that will be her only grandchild, which I cannot stop thinking about. So, am I the Ascanaut? No, OP, mom, you are not the Ascanaut at all. And it all comes down to this really simple thing. If mother-in-law, after she had said this terrible thing, showed any kind of remorse, apologized, tried to make it right, then you would have not a responsibility, but at least some grounds to forgive her and allow her to have a relationship with her grandbaby. But she didn't. She shows zero remorse for this at all. She's not done a damn thing to try to apologize or make it right. And she has this entitlement where she shows up at your house thinking that she just is allowed to see the grandbaby because she's the grandma. But it's not like that. You are her mom. And you have the right to say who she can and cannot see, at least at this point in her life. Someday, your daughter can grow up and decide. But until grandma's ready to apologize for that horrible statement, which is an ASCON 1 offense, anytime somebody throws your dead parent or, or dead spouse, or whatever it is, anytime that somebody is throwing a dead loved one in your face and using it as ammo or to try to, to, try to get to you, to try to take a dig, that's an ASCON 1 offense automatically. So mother-in-law is an ASCON 1. And it kind of seems like she's completely comfortable being there. She shows no signs of wanting to budge from that ask on one spot. So, until she does, you have every right to keep this wall up. Yes, it would be awesome if she was able to have a relationship with her granddaughter and she knows what she needs to do to make that happen. Or at least, I assume she knows. If anything, what you can do, probably through your husband, because you don't need to be talking to her at all, is say, here's what needs to happen for you to have a relationship with this child. You can't have a relationship with an infant without having a relationship with the mom. And she instantly set that relationship on fire. So she's got to rebuild a new one. That's it. And if she's not intelligent enough to figure that out, then husband just needs to let her know and say, just so we're clear, here's what needs to happen before you can mend this relationship with my wife and thus be able to build a relationship with your granddaughter. That's it. That's all there is to this. You are not the asshole at all. She needs to make up for being an ask on one. What do you guys think? Let me know. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another follower submitted AITA story for you. Am I the Askonaut for telling my ex's wife about us? I was the side piece to my boss for 12 years. I met him at my company, our chemistry was just perfect, and we hit it off easily. I learned that he was married, so I kept myself at bay. I left briefly and came back only to find out that he was separated from his wife. 
We started flirting and hit it back off. One day before he left on vacation, we met up for drinks and slept together. Whilst he was away, we spoke briefly via email or instant messenger. Before he came back, I restarted my BSC. And when he came back, we hung out a few times and then I got a call the night before a test and he told me that he and his wife were getting back together. I was broken, but I pushed my focus to my test and I never mentioned it again. Two months after it was my birthday, he asked me to meet him in an office for a meeting and he kissed me. I let things happen, and we started getting close and sleeping together. I made sure to never call him at home, and he would meet me on weekends. I would only call him at home if necessary, but made sure it sounded like it was about work in case his phone was on speaker. His wife started to suspect that he was having an affair because he was talking about me nonstop. I was pretty young at the time, and he told me he loved me, and I believed him. He told me that his wife was sick, and she couldn't perform her duties. I believed him, until one day he told me that he was going to be a father again in front of everyone at the office, and a lot of people knew we were having an affair. My heart dropped. He did this on Valentine's Day that year. He called me and confined me, and I believed his words that he loved me and made me believe that it was never his intention to have another child with his wife. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't think OP meant confined me. Maybe comforted? Confided in? Not confined. Look, I'm going to lock you in this room, and I want you to know that I love you. I believed him. We carried on our relationship for the next eight years. We were inseparable, and we loved each other, or so I was led to believe. I would make sure he had breakfast and lunch every day, as we would sometimes go for drinks. I always surprised him with gifts and showered him with love and evenings out. However, as the company expanded, we began to argue, and he began to want to break up more. I begged him every time because I believed he loved me, and he kept saying he was feeling bad because he was having an affair. He kept saying that his kids are getting bigger and the relationship just didn't sit right, that his wife was beginning to realize that he was seeing someone, and he was afraid of getting caught. The year after COVID, we started back working in the office. He ended it with me totally. He told me he can't do this. He was tired of lying to his wife and he wanted to get his life together. I began to let him go, but we would meet up and still sleep together. For his birthday, I met him for drinks and texted him a happy birthday. I will always love him since I couldn't get the courage to tell him since he broke up with me. The next day, he never showed up for work. I tried calling and he texted me that his wife saw the message and was furious. So I decided to let it go and try to give him the space he wanted after 12 years. I cried so much it affected my mental health. Fast forward to the next month. A coworker tells me how she saw him and another girl at the office together for her birthday. I couldn't believe it. After I confronted him, he told me he never loved me and that I was ugly and fat, that I never satisfied him and a lot of degrading things. I got so angry I hit him and stormed out. The other girl at the office who he was with started to laugh at me as she said, oh, she won the man. I was so embarrassed, all I could think about was getting him to hurt like how I hurt. So I called his wife and told her everything. She thanked me and she immediately packed her things and left. Six months after, my ex shows up at my door drunk and begging for me back. He wanted to run away with me and he showed me his phone that his girlfriend kept calling him over a hundred times that day. I told him I would go if he answers it and tells her that he is with me. He never did and I left him alone. His wife and I communicated now and then, but she called me a few months after to ask me if he and the other girl were together. I told her you deserve a good man. I wish you all the best. I made a decision to move on and leave the drama behind, so I blocked her, and she left him for good after that. He made a few moves and asked for me back, and even said if we were to get back together, no one can find out. I laughed at him and said, you can no longer fool me with your BS. I also started to learn how to love myself and what real love is. I vowed never to run back to the person that broke me. Okay, the question is, am I the astronaut for telling my ex's wife about us? Oh my god. I mean, look, you're the astronaut for a lot of things in here. I don't know that that's one of them, or maybe it is, because when you did it, when you finally told her, it was at what point? You only did it because he started seeing a different girl. Like You were doing it because it was the right thing to do. You were just doing it to hurt him. There's no honor in that. There's no honor in coming clean at that point. Because you had been with him for, what, 12 years. You cheated with this man who was married. And then when he starts seeing someone else, you tell the wife and you're like, yeah, I think I did something good. Or maybe I'm the maybe I'm the astronaut for that. Why in the hell would you believe that this guy really loved you when he was just cheating with you. Every night he was going home to his wife, whom he, you know, apparently doesn't love either. He doesn't love any of the women that he's messing with here. None. None of them he truly loves. You were a side piece, and that was it. His poor wife in all of this, who suspected something, but I'm sure he charmed her into believing his bullshit as well, because that's the game here. This guy doesn't know love, and that's sad. 
I pity him. I pity you through this too, because if this is what you think love is, you got a lot of learning to do. I think where you ended in this is great. The fact that you're you're learning to love yourself. Make that the only focus right now. And actually the only focus moving forward. Because only when you truly love yourself and you can truly be happy not needing someone else for the rest of your life can you really accept someone in to the rest of your life. You needed him for those 12 years. And that's why it worked. He was able to play on the emotions of people who needed him or needed a man or needed someone like him in their life and become that person for multiple people at the same time. And getting involved with him when you knew that he was married is definitely an ask-a-not thing to do. For 12 years, it's quite a bit worse. And then to only come clean whenever he starts seeing someone else because your butt hurt about it, yeah, that's pretty bad too. I'm not going to bring up the ASCON scale for this because this is, this is sad. This is sad, and I know that it happens all the time. People get duped into this, but it's just sad. This is going to take a long time to heal from, and um, and I wish you the best on your journey here. Comments, let me know what you guys think. Does this belong on the ASCON scale? I mean, the question is, am I the ASCONAUT for telling my ex's wife about us? That's the specific question that's been asked here. There are a lot of things wrong throughout all of this, but for that specific question, let me know what you think. <laughs> Hey, it's Dusty Thunder with another AITA follower submission for you. Am I the Askonaut for asking my in-laws to get rid of their couch? I don't have Reddit, but this has been a six-year argument in my home. Am I the Askonaut for asking my in-laws to get rid of the couch in their basement? Me and my hubby have been together since 2013. In 2015, I found out I was pregnant with our first child. In 2016, three weeks after this child was born, I found out he was cheating on me. Fast forward, we worked our shit out and ended up back together after a year or so of co-parenting, counseling, and decided to give it another go and everything has been wonderful. We are now expecting our third child and are very happy. However, the cheating happened in our old house while I took our newborn to a baby shower out of town with my family. I found out from the other woman that she knew about me and the baby and didn't care. She also disclosed to me several details about the incident, including the fact that it was on my couch, the couch in my living room that I paid for myself. I asked him to get rid of the couch, as seeing it hurt me, and I didn't want to bring his daughter over for visits and have to sit on that couch, being as how the whole thing broke me. His parents, however, thought it was a waste to get rid of a perfectly good couch and insisted on keeping it in their downstairs living room. This has been going on for six, going on seven years. Everyone is fully aware of why I have an issue with the couch and that it's basically one big reminder of one of the worst times in my life. I do not want to watch my children sit on that couch. I refuse to sit on it myself, and it ends up ruining my entire day every time I see it. They think I'm an Askonaut for asking them not to keep it because why would they pay for a couch when they have a perfectly good one they got for free? Me and my husband still argue because I'm upset about it, but he doesn't want to argue with them over something so silly. So, am I unreasonable for wanting them to get rid of the couch? Or in a perfect world, let me set the couch on fire? I don't think you're an Askonaut for feeling the way that you feel. Your feelings are certainly valid here. Why the hell your husband gave the couch to them in the first place is really confusing to me. You asked him to get rid of it for a reason, so he put it somewhere where you would have to see it. And really, I think that's the bonehead move that makes this his responsibility of fixing. And there are several solution paths here. Their whole thing is they don't want to get another couch because they got this couch for free and there's nothing wrong with it. And in their eyes, sure, I understand that. However, there are some solution paths. Hubby can sell that couch for them and get a different couch. Hubby could just buy another couch for them so that you can have that couch to set on fire. You see where I'm going with this. There are ways for them to get a different couch there without them being out of pocket for it and everybody's happy. Them not wanting to explore any of these options is a lack of respect, in my opinion. Your hubby not wanting to go to bat over this with them because it's a silly thing is just another strike against him. He managed to somehow make up for what he did and you guys are now in a good spot, but there's still this reminder back there and that's really his responsibility to get rid of if he wants you guys to be in a better spot because that thing is always going to hold you back, always, and it's going to be there for a long time. It is his responsibility to make that right. And he has multiple ways to do that, and it's on him to make it happen. 
So maybe he just shows up with a new couch and he's like, hey, I got you guys an even better couch. Installs it, takes the old one out, brings it home so you can set it on fire, whatever. You are not an astronaut for feeling how you feel. Let me know what you guys think here. Maybe there's something that I'm missing. And just remember, all of our opinions here are shaped on our own unique life experiences. Your opinion is going to be completely different than mine because you've lived a different life than me. And the same for everybody who mentions something different in comments. So let's all be respectful, share your different viewpoints, and we can do that as adults. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder, and this time I have an AITA story directly from Reddit for you. Am I the astronaut for not wanting my husband to walk his sister down the aisle? My husband, Mike, 37, is the eldest in his family. He's pretty close with his sister, Beth, 28, and they spend almost all week together. Beth had issues with her father growing up. She went no contact with him after he took her first car and damaged it. She only remained in contact with Mike since everybody else judged her for going no contact. She's getting married to her fiancé of three years. From what I understand, she and her dad are slowly getting reconciled, but she made it clear she wants him to take no part in the wedding. She asked Mike if he would walk her down the aisle, and he agreed. I have to say that I was taken aback, and it felt a bit odd for me because her dad is alive. They're on speaking terms again. He's going to be there at the wedding, so the logical thing to do is have him walk her down the aisle. The role isn't for her older brother, but her father. Not to mention how father-in-law will feel about it. I brought this up with Beth and she had an attitude and implied that I was just saying this and objecting because how I feel about the situation, not how our tradition should be practiced. We got into an argument and I went home. Mike thinks I'm being unreasonable and possibly causing him to miss something so sentimental and that if anything, he feels honored to be asked to do this for her and said that I should stop worrying about what others might say. Now we're having this conflict, three of us, and cannot seem to reach a solution. So the question is, am I the astronaut for not wanting my husband to walk his sister down the aisle? Yes. Yes, you are the astronaut for that. Why do you care? What problem do you actually have with it? He's just walking her down the aisle. He'd still be able to sit with you. What dog do you have in this fight? I don't understand why you would have a problem with this at all. And by the way, tons of brides have someone other than their father walk them down the aisle. Why do you care? And why are you sticking your nose in it? It has absolutely nothing to do with you. The thing you got to be careful with, OP, here is that, number one, speaking up about your opinion was dumb. You've got no place to have an opinion in this instance. So why'd you do that? You put yourself in a bad position and actually started this drama that didn't need to exist in the first place. And number two, you just look petty AF. You know the situation. You know that your husband is really the only person from that family that she has a good relationship with. It's symbolic. It's sentimental. What problem do you actually have with it? I'm going to look at comments because this doesn't make sense to me at all. Here's one of the comments. You're the astronaut. There was no conflict except for your unwanted opinion. Beth wants Mike to walk her down the aisle. Mike wants to walk Beth down the aisle. Mike's wife thinks he shouldn't, sticks her nose into his business, insists upon it, objects to it, creates a conflict because of her own opinions about years-long issues she hasn't been around for, and then posts. OP, during your entire typing and proofing of this post, did you not see that you've butted into someone else's affairs? Was there no glimmer of, Beth should be able to choose whomever she wants, or Mike and Beth know this situation best? I'm more concerned that this isn't the first time you've done this argued a point rather than listen to the other side. And if I were you, I'd apologize and offer your non-judgmental support. If I were Mike, I'd be second-guessing my marriage. Boom. This says everything that we need to say here. She's got no place to have an opinion, period. And you know what? I say that, but everybody has an opinion about almost everything, but we all have the ability to keep it to ourselves. This is one of those things where you can think whatever you want to think, but you need to be careful what you say. And there's this thing between here and here called a filter that needs to be used sometimes. OP definitely belongs on the ASCON scale. Let's take a look at the scale just as a reminder. And I can do that with the push of a button now because we fancy. ASCON 1 is there's no way you should have done that. You're a terrorist human being. Ask on two is you definitely shouldn't have done that, but it doesn't make you a terrible person. Ask on three is you probably should have approached that differently. And ask on four is you probably could have approached that differently. Maybe you're an asshole. Maybe you're not. And I've gone ask on two with OP here. I didn't put her in the terrible human category because we're just trying to save that for those really truly terrible people. And although this is screwed up and OP has no business sticking her nose into any of this, I don't think it quite yet qualifies for that you're a terrible human level. If she opens her mouth a couple more times, she'd get there pretty easy. But let me know what you guys think. You may see something that I totally missed here.
Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another follower-submitted AITA story for you. Am I the astronaut for wanting my best friend to stop hanging out with my ex? So I, 18 female, broke up with my boyfriend, 18 male, about three weeks ago for multiple reasons, but I would like to think we ended on good terms. After we broke up, my best friend, 18 female, asked if she was still allowed to hang out and be friends with him. I told her yes, because I didn't want to be that person but now it seems as if they've been hanging out a ton lately. Like they went to the mall and he bought her $50 leggings. She and I ran into him a few days later and she tried paying him back, but the whole interaction seemed really flirty to me. I also know that she has a hard time being able to tell when someone is flirting with her. A couple days ago, they got all dressed up and went out to eat and bowling, which was a date that my ex and I had planned for a long time. We just never did it. On the way back, they got into an accident, but they're fine. Oof. He has a fractured ankle, but that's really it. I do want to say that she has invited me to a few of these outings, but I haven't been able to go because of work. Okay, well, that does change things. This was not one of those times. So the next day, she drives to his house to check up on him. She lives about a half hour drive from me, and I live about a five minute drive to my ex's house. I will admit I do tend to overthink things, but all of it together really made it seem like they were dating. I called her and talked to her about it and expressed that I would like her to come to my house so we can talk in person. She refused, saying that she was too scared to drive, so I offered to pick her up. She continued to refuse, and she invited me to my ex's house to talk there. I refused, as I didn't want to have that conversation there. We couldn't reach an agreement, so we ended up really talking about it the next day, over the phone. I told her that it looks like they are going on dates and such, and I was uncomfortable with it, so I asked her to stop hanging out with him. She essentially said, no, she doesn't want to do that, and I'm an astronaut, talking to her about this right after the accident. She said that they aren't dates and she has made it very clear to my ex that I come first and that they aren't dates. We both ended up getting mad at one another because neither of us were budging on our opinions and answers. I really don't want to lose my friendship with her as she is really important to me, but I also want her to stop hanging out with my ex so much. Am I the astronaut? Some extra background, he and I dated for about eight months and we broke up three weeks ago. Ah, uh, to be 18 years old again. My first thought here is, you can't tell your friend who they can and can't hang out with. And if your friend chose to date your ex, she'd have every right to do that. She would also be making the choice to harm your friendship if she did that. So the thing that you have to make really clear is, hey, I can't tell you to stop hanging out with him because that would be a shitty thing to do. I do need to let you know that if you choose to keep hanging out with him in this way, which seems very much like a flirty kind of date chummy arrangement, it is going to damage our relationship and at some level has already. I can't help that. I can't help how I feel about that. And I hope that you understand that. Just know that if you continue down this path, it will continue to do harm to our friendship. I don't want it to. And obviously I don't want to feel that way, but I can't stop myself from feeling that way. And as my best friend, I hope you understand that. This would give your friend the opportunity to at least acknowledge your feelings and acknowledge the effects of her actions. And maybe this is more on the ex, right? Maybe the ex is playing this and, you know, what better way to get back at you or to, to take a dig at you than by dating your friend, right? Seems like an 18 year old thing to do. But I think if you really value your relationship with your friend, like you say you do, explain your feelings and explain the potential paths here. The potential paths are one, she continues down the path of hanging out with your ex in a way that feels like a date and sure seems like a date to you, seems like the beginning of a relationship to you. And the reason that you feel hurt by that could be for a myriad of things. You could still have feelings for him. You could feel that it's a betrayal of trust with your friend. You're allowed to feel the way that you feel. And your friend, after acknowledging the way that you feel, if she continues down that path, is really just saying that she values the potential relationship with him more than she values your friendship. That's her choice. Two, she stops hanging out with him, at least as often or in the manner that she is, thereby choosing the value of your friendship over the value of whatever potential thing exists with him. The caveat to that is that she might feel that you're trying to control her. As long as you make clear that you can't ask her to stop doing that, you just need to let her know what's going to happen if she does and that it's it's not something that you can control. Like you can't control your feelings based on that. And it's going to be awkward if you, you know, start third wheeling with them. And you might explain that too. That's path three here. If the friend says, well, we just want you to hang out with us more often so that you can see that it's not a date. If he's being flirty about it, you're going to end up feeling like a third wheel. And that's just going to lead to more hurt as well. So over communicate with your friend at this point and just say, look, I'm not asking you to do anything. I would never ask you to do that. I just need you to understand what's going to happen with each of these possible paths so that you can choose whichever way you want to go and let her choose. And whatever way she does choose, respect it. Even if that means that she's 
placing more value on the potential relationship with him than your friendship. That is her choice. That's what you have in front of you here, but you certainly can't try to control your friend. She can make her own choices. Dreams are curious things. They have the power to inspire, to manipulate, and to kill. Said in 1910 Germany, Adolf is a piano builder who hasn't spoken since he was a boy. His dreams compel him to build a mystical piano that will help him speak again. His mother appears in his dreams to guide him, but there's a cost on this journey. Meanwhile, the piano is unlike any that Mr. Becker, factory manager at Steinberg Pianos, has ever seen. He believes that it will change the entire piano industry. And while it may be the key to everything that both Mr. Becker and Adolf want, it's also an unwitting weapon of darkness. Will Adolf find a way to derail the dark plans that have been set in motion? Find out by reading the book Piano Man by Dusty Thunder. Available on Amazon in paperback, hardcover, and soon as an audiobook on Audible. Okay, before I headphone up here, I know it's weird seeing me without headphones, but I had to show you this. This is my Uranus Space Force t-shirt that I ended up with after the uh, the White Elephant Christmas party this year. How could I not wear this for an AITA story? Which, by the way, we have a follower-submitted AITA story to read for you here, and it goes like, Am I the astronaut for being mad at my ex for ruining my birthday? I am wondering if I, 39 female, was the astronaut or my ex-boyfriend, 35 male. So, we had only been dating a few months when my birthday came around. My birthday is a week before Christmas. I'm very used to Christmas parties being on my birthday. My then-boyfriend worked offshore, and he was at work on my birthday. He knew I was going to the work party. It was my responsibility to bring the presents for everyone to the party. We had discussed me staying at the party until 8 p.m., and then I would go home where we could video chat and spend time together. Fast forward to my birthday, I was getting ready for the party and was talking to him. He stayed on the phone with me, and I talked to him on the way to the party. Once I arrived, he continues to keep talking to me and confirming over and over again what time I would be leaving. Please take into account, all of this talking and confirming caused me to arrive 30 minutes later to the party than I had wanted. That only left me an hour and a half to be at the party. He was worried something was going to happen to me and was starting to freak out. To calm him down, I agreed to stay on the phone with him throughout the party so he would know I was okay. Like the whole party? Staying on the phone? Gonna go ahead and hit that button right there and get those suckers flying, cause what? Looking back now, I do see the red flags. <laughs> me too. At the time, I was like, "Oh, he cares if I am safe. Anyway, I had only been at the party for a little less than an hour when he started to ask me to leave. I told him everything was fine and I didn't want to leave. We hadn't even done the presents yet. He guilted me into calling my mother, so I had to go out to my car during the party to have a 10-minute conversation with him and my mother. My mother, of course, told him he was overreacting. Typing this out is making me see the red flag with that, too. Side note, he thought my boss was hitting on me. I started keeping distance between my boss and I, and I was never alone with him even before the party. During the party, the cell reception wasn't great. The call dropped a few times. As soon as I knew the call was disconnected, I would call him back. When I finally do leave, he had me so aggravated I left with my bowling shoes on and had to go back for my shoes. I had to stop to get gas, which caused me to get home a little later than I had planned. Once I arrived home, I was tired and exhausted and poured myself a drink. I fell asleep while he was bitching at me. He was mad that I wouldn't leave when he wanted me to, and also that I fell asleep and didn't stay up with him. I, on the other hand, think he is the astronaut because he completely ruined everything about my birthday, from making me late and then freaking out, and I now think he was purposely hanging up, so I would have to go to my phone to find out what happened and call him back. Was using my earbud to keep the call going, and I thought I had the phone in a good spot so it wouldn't drop the call. He kept making comments about the things I said or that my coworker said while I was trying to carry on conversations. Then, once I did leave, he was complaining and trying to get after me about not listening to him. He was not talking nicely by this point. He held this over my head for our entire two-year relationship. We had other issues, and he is a narcissist. I just keep coming back to this party, though, and wondering if this is where it all started or if I was the astronaut that night. I told him a few times that I had been working with these people for so many years and that I wanted to spend time with some of my friends on my birthday. I did plan on spending the rest of the evening with him. He thought I was choosing them over him. Am I the astronaut? P.S. One of my female co-workers hit on me pretty hard that night, and he kept bringing it up way after it happened. 
He tried to say I wouldn't have had to deal with that at all if he had left when he wanted me to leave. She was embarrassed the next day, but thought I handled it just fine when it was happening. She didn't touch me. She only made a joke that if I was with her, then I would never go back to a man. I get why the comment bothered him, but I handled it professionally and respectfully. So, am I the astronaut? <sighs> okay, let me get the red flags turned off here. Question is, am I the astronaut for being mad at my ex for ruining my birthday? Hell no. Hell no. I think we've talked about this a few times, but I don't think you can ever be the astronaut for feeling something, right? It's acting out on things that could potentially make you the astronaut. But even in this case, I think if you're the astronaut for anything, it's allowing him to control you the way that he did. This is extreme jealousy. This is extreme insecurity. And by the way, those two things together, extreme jealousy and extreme insecurity, whenever they flare up, could sometimes be a sign that he's actually fooling around. And when he's fooling around, projects that right back to you and assumes that you are as well, so gets all micromanagey. I wonder how many other occasions he's like this in. Anyway, no, you're not the astronaut for feeling that way. I would be really concerned by his behavior. Let me know what you guys think, of course. Uh, you guys are going to see something completely different than I do because we have different opinions because our opinions are shaped on our life experiences. So let me know what you're seeing here. I always enjoy seeing differing opinions in the comments. Am I the astronaut for telling my husband to either be an active member of our family or divorce me? Of course, I'm rocking this story out with my Jot Coffee here, which you can get at Jot.co. Use code DUSTY20 to save 20%. Took me like 30 seconds to make, and it is delectable. My God, that's good. My husband, 31 male, and I, 35 female, have been married for six years now. I have one child from a previous relationship and two with my husband. My husband works full-time, third shift, while I'm a stay-at-home mom. While being a stay-at-home mom, I homeschool all three kids, tend to the house, cooking, and even run my own online retail store. Keep this in mind for later. My husband will come home from work and go to the bedroom, and will stay in there until he has to go to work that night. And it's frustrating, even more so when I go in there and he's laying there playing on his phone. I have been begging him for the last few years to spend at minimum one hour a day with the kids and I as a family, basically just eating dinner with us and maybe a board game or something where we all spend quality time together. He always says no and tells me how selfish and ungrateful I am for even suggesting such a thing and not appreciating all the things he does for our family. I remind him that I also work and how I pay our car and renter's insurance, our sewer and our water bill, so he only has to pay our rent and electric. He tells me what I have isn't a real job, but yet I make enough to pay some bills so not everything falls on his shoulders, so I just can't understand what it's like to work and be expected to be involved with the family. There's the red flags. I then reminded him I was a working single mom when we got together, and I worked full time and came home and took care of my son on my own. He just keeps telling me that my job isn't a real job and how ungrateful I am for asking anything of him. He complains that I don't even wash his laundry anymore. To which I reminded I stopped because when I would remind him to call a doctor or anything of the sort, I was told to quit acting like I was his mom. So I quit doing his laundry and stopped packing him food for work. Petty, I know, but I was mad. I finally told him he can either step up and be involved with our family or he can pay for the divorce. And now he's telling me I'm a selfish astronaut for wanting to break up our happy family. So... Am I the astronaut? Edited to add, I simply cannot stop homeschooling my children and send them to a real school. Our schools in the area are nothing but a joke and breeding ground for bullies. The schools are not equipped to work with my middle child, and I won't risk my children's education or safety. My oldest is extremely intelligent, and the school here was failing him in every area with his education. He's now excelling and advanced and safe from the hell the bullies put him through. Take a sip of the jolt coffee. Mmm! So good and tasty! I hope you guys have seen that video. Otherwise, this makes no sense. So the question here is, am I the astronaut for telling my husband to either be an active member of our family or divorce me? Okay, not only is OP homeschooling kids here, but OP is taking care of all of the household duties and running an online retail store, which allows her to pay a few of the bills that they have. So you don't measure the weight someone is pulling in dollars. And right now, OP, the mom, is pretty much working 24-7. Kids are work. They have three kids. But being a stay-at-home parent is work. I think there are probably a lot of people who have this mentality of, since I work a normal job, I shouldn't have to do anything when I get home. But that's just not the case. That's also not a way to live. That's also something that OP's husband here is going to regret heavily years from now whenever the kids are grown up and he realizes he never had a relationship with him because he just wanted to lay in bed and play on his 
freaking phone instead of spending time with them. You will never get that time back and he will regret this. You can't force him to see what he's missing out on, but eventually he will regret it. Pain creates change and there's change that has to happen here. And I think what you said is a perfectly applicable response because he's just choosing to not engage with the family at all. Every day we get to choose who we're going to be. Every decision we get to choose who we're going to be. Right now, OP's husband is choosing to just be a financial provider and that's it. That's it. But there's so much more to being a dad. There's so much more to being a husband. There's so much more and he's missing out on all of this. The person that he's hurting the most is him and he just doesn't realize it yet. You're doing a great job taking care of the kids, apparently. The homeschooling thing, I get. I'm sure there's a lot more to that story, but that's your decision to make and that's not the topic of this post. The topic of this post is him not choosing to engage with the family. If you want to prevent that from happening and try to save your family here, I think taking drastic measures is the only way to go. There's also inevitable damage here. Because if he continues to do what he's doing, which is just work and sleep and play on his phone and not engage with anything, you're going to drift apart. You apparently already are, but that's only going to get worse over time because he's choosing not to engage. So it's headed that direction anyway, forcing it and putting it in front of him and showing him where that path leads, I think is is applicable and hopefully creates enough pain for him to change. But right now, all he can do is react and just throw poo at you and say that you're the astronaut for wanting to break up the happy family. I think it's probably really difficult for OP in this situation to be able to communicate with a cool head in a way that her husband will respect. That's probably the key factor here. He's not going to respect her opinion on anything because she's just on the other side of this argument. But somehow he has to hear from someone what he's going to regret and miss out on because of what he's doing right now. Someone has to paint this picture for him and say, hey, check this out. In 10 years, when your kids are grown and gone, they're not going to know you. They're not going to know who you are. You're missing out on knowing them and developing relationships with them. And that you never get back. You will never get that back. And maybe finding someone who followed a similar path and asking what their life is like now and painting that picture for him. I don't know. But somehow you've got to be able to show him where this path leads and then show him an alternative path and where that leads and let him choose. In the meantime, I'd say instead of focusing on his poor decisions, focus on making the most of what you have because you also get to choose every day who you are going to be. And instead of, which I'm sure is difficult, but instead of allowing your focus to go to this negative place, make the most of the time that you have because otherwise you're going to mess out too. So make the most of what you have. He's either going to choose right or he's going to choose wrong and that's on him. I don't think you're the astronaut at all for taking those drastic measures, and hopefully that causes enough pain for him to get his ass in gear. Let me know what you guys think, though. Of course, you know, our opinions are shaped from our own life experiences, so you're going to see something different, and I always enjoy seeing different perspectives in comments. So let me know what you think. Am I the astronaut for calling the police after my brother just left his kids and taking guardianship of his kids? I, 23 female, have a brother, 27 male, who is married and has three children, a five-year-old and three-year-old twins. He treated me as a free babysitter on weekends so he and his wife could go out. They just left their kids at my door when I say I have plans and I'm forced to babysit. Around June of last year, I had plans to hang out with my friends. As I was driving to get my friends, my brother called and said that he is on his way with the kids. I asked him why, and he said that he and his wife are going out of town and that I need to babysit. I replied that I wasn't home and that he would need to find someone else. He laughed and said, well, it sucks for you then. Your plans are canceled. I was completely dumbfounded, and I said, no, I'm not babysitting. He reminded me that he will leave the kids at my door, and it's on me if something happens and if I don't get home soon. We're just going to go ahead and go to Red Flag City here. Holy crap. I say I am not coming home, and if he leaves the kids, I will call the police. I hung up, and 15 minutes later, I got a notification on my ring doorbell. I look at the live view, and I can see my niece and nephew standing alone at my door, ringing the bell. What the hell? I panic, and my friend asks what was wrong, and I tell them, and they agree to come back with me while they call our other friend to let them know we will be late, and I call the police. We arrive shortly before the police get there and tell them what happened. 
We give them my brother's phone number. They call, but he doesn't pick up. The police ask if we can watch the children, to which I say no, because he will just do it again if I watch them. They understand and let us know that we will have to come give an official statement at the station, and a CPS worker will take the kids for the night or longer depending on if they can contact my brother and the testimony he provides. We give our statements, and I assure my niece and nephews that it's going to be fine, and the CPS lady is going to take good care of them. My friends and I end up staying at my best friend's house. Around 4 a.m., my brother calls demanding to know where his kids are, and I tell him I am not home and his kids are currently with CPS. He proceeds to yell so loud that I didn't need to put my phone on speaker for my friends to hear. I reminded him that I told him I would call the police, and I did so. He can thank himself. They ended up losing custody and were charged with endangering a child on three counts. Five months ago, I was asked if I wanted to become my niece and nephew's guardian, and I ended up agreeing and have had them since. I don't know how. Only my friends know since our parents died when the twins were almost born. But he found out that I had his kids. But not where we live, just that I am their legal guardian now. He has been blowing up my phone and social media, blaming me for ruining his family. My grandpa is on my side, but the rest of the family says I should have sucked it up and watched the kids. But I just had to go nuclear and cause issues. The guilt is making me doubt if I did the right thing or not. So Reddit, am I the astronaut? Edit. To clarify, I loved to babysit them when he gave me at least 24 hours notice, but he left them after I said I wasn't there. That's what I had issues with, and that's why I called the police. The three of them are not a burden at all. They are a joy, and I love having them here. Becoming a full-time parent all of a sudden was hard to adjust to. I don't regret a single day since I took them in. I felt guilty because my whole family was telling me I broke my brother's family apart for no good reason. But you, Reddit, have assured me that what I did was a good thing, and it must have just tipped the bucket because there had to be more to have the kids taken away. Thank you all for your kind words. It was really reassuring, and I will definitely talk to the caseworker about the harassment, as a few of you suggest. But again, it was not the babysitting my lovely niece and nephews that was the problem. It was my brother attitude and him leaving them unattended while knowing I wasn't home. I don't know what kind of parent would do this and, and do it often. Just show up and have no respect for his sister at all. By the way, like what does he have some kind of blackmail on her where, where he's forcing her to babysit or, you know, tell her that she has to cancel her plans or give her no other options. The only reason that she did it before is because she loves the kids. And yeah, what he did in this one situation was extremely up. I don't know if that one instance of him leaving the kids there knowing that she wasn't there was enough for CPS to take the kids away. It might have been because he knowingly did it when no one was there and they're young enough to wear pretty f bad, dude. But as OP said in the edit, there had to be more to have the kids taken away. So it's a shit situation all in all. I think what she did was ultimately the best thing for the kids because obviously there's some instability with her brother. But his brother's wife is really not mentioned at all here except for that they go out of town. And in this instance, he was dropping them off so they could go out of town. So what the... I don't know, man. This is a five-year-old and three-year-old twins. But I guess it all comes down to this. If he was willing to leave them on a doorstep when no one was there, a five-year-old and three-year-old twins, then how much does he really care about his kids? And he probably cares more about his reputation for having his kids taken away than he does actually not having his kids. That's the vibe that I get from this dude. I don't know that. I'm sure there's a whole lot more that we don't know here, but as long as the kids are safe and they're okay now, they're safer with OP than they were with their parents. We know that just from this one story. So what a messed up situation. Oh my God. Kids being put in any kind of dangerous situation is just not, not okay. Not okay at all. Let me know what you guys think here. This is obviously a messed up situation. No, 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 no. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another Reddit AITA story for you. Am I the astronaut for leaving my in-laws Christmas dinner after I found out that they didn't make accommodations for me? I got invited to my fiance's family Christmas celebratory dinner. It was my first Christmas with them. I have always been picky about what I eat, can't help it, and it has to do with psychological factors, childhood and personal likes and dislikes. Before accepting their invite, I let father and mother-in-law know that I wouldn't be eating the traditional food at their celebration and showed her a variety of dishes to choose from to accommodate me. Go ahead and get those red flags flying! She refused and told me to bring my own dish. I said if I had to bring my own dish when I'm a guest, then I'd better stay at home then. We went back and forth, and I insisted I wouldn't come if accommodations weren't being made. 
I just thought it was a simple request, and mother-in-law could have agreed if she really wanted me there. My fiancé agreed that I should bring my own dish, but I didn't. When we arrived there and I saw that no accommodations were made, I got up, got my things, and walked out and went home. My mother-in-law and fiancé were shocked. I got tons of calls and texts from both of them, and my fiancé came home lashing out, calling me selfish and spoiled to walk out like that over a dish that his mom didn't have to make for me, and that it was my responsibility to feed myself. How is it my responsibility to feed myself when I'm a guest? Makes no sense to me. I told him this and he accused me of starting shit and ruining my first Christmas with his family and disrespecting his mom. Now he's continually saying I fucked up and I should have sucked it up for the family's sake. Edit to add to clear a few points. For those saying I have no respect for my in-laws, I do, especially my mother-in-law. I respect her, but this is so far the biggest conflict we've had. I work for long hours even on holidays, so not much time to cook. I wasn't asking for an elaborate dish or several dishes, just one simple option. Yes, OP, you are the Askinaut. Wow, you sound like a real selfish, spoiled piece of work. You sound like spoiled milk. There's high maintenance, and then there's this OP. I don't even think we have to get into like why she's an Askonaut. We all know that she's an Askonaut. Let's just take a look at where she is on the Ascon scale. You guys know the scale by now. I assume, where do you think OP lands here? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that this is an Ascon 1 offense on several points. If you want something different, just bring something different because it's just for you. OP expected her mother-in-law, who's not even her mother-in-law yet, she's they're engaged, to make a unique dish just for her. Strike one. The way that it was brought up to mother-in-law, saying that she wouldn't be eating the traditional food at their celebration and showed her a variety of dishes to choose from to accommodate her. Strike two. Then saying, if she had to bring her own dish when she's a guest, she had better just stay home. Strike three. How the hell she still made it to this dinner, I don't know. But she went to the dinner, and when she saw there was nothing there for her highness, got her ass up and went home. Strike four. How do we even get to strike four? Also, she says that now he's continually saying that she f***ed up and should have sucked it up. How are they still together? Dude. 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 Fiance of OP. How in the hell... Are you not seeing the writing on the wall here? Can you imagine what this wedding is going to be like? Can you imagine what parenthood is going to be like? Why is homeboy here choosing a living nightmare for a life? I don't understand. Also, she's never going to get along with his parents. And he's choosing that if he stays with her. Yeah, definitely an ask on one. Um, dude, don't marry this girl. She already made demands on your mother for her first Christmas dinner there. Run! Hey, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I've got another Reddit AITA story for you. Am I the Askonaut for telling my mom to give my sister her daughter back? This requires some context, so I'll keep it short. I, 18 female, have a twin sister, 18 female, who's had the same boyfriend since freshman year. He's also 18. He comes from a wealthy family and had a career lined up for him the day he graduated. My sister is actually pretty responsible. So is he. Which is why it was a shock to everyone when she revealed that she was pregnant. She swears they always used protection, and I believe her. She's not the type to skip out on that kind of stuff, nor is he. Well, for obvious reasons, she finished senior year via distance learning. The baby was born right after graduation. I should also mention they are responsible parents, even though they're young. About two weeks ago, her boyfriend started his new job and they're about four hours away. They moved and have been done for almost two weeks now. They agreed to leave the baby here, I still live at home with my mom, while they move everything. I FaceTime my sister every day and she shows me her daughter's room, and it's beautiful. She tells me how much she misses her. Two days ago, just over a week of moving, my sister told my mom she's going to come get her. My mom said no and that she abandoned her and that she's a gold digger. What? Then her boyfriend called and my mom said the same thing. They've been going back and forth for two days. My sister called me a few hours ago and said she's not playing any more games with mom and that tomorrow she's waking up at 4 a.m. driving down here to demand her daughter back and if my mom doesn't give her up, she says she'll get the police involved, get attorneys involved, and do whatever it takes to be reunited with her daughter. After that conversation, I went downstairs to talk to my mom. I said she should give my sister her daughter back. She said, your sister abandoned this baby. She doesn't deserve her. My mom said my sister is a gold digger and if she wanted her kid, she would have got her by now. I reminded her that she does and I warned my mom that if she doesn't give it to her nicely, my sister is not going to be so nice about it. But then my mom said, just mind your business. And to be honest, she kind of had a point. 
This isn't my business. She also said that the baby is what brings her joy and she feels a special connection with her that she guarantees my sister doesn't have. I warned her one last time, mom, don't do this, my sister's name, is not messing around and this will get ugly. And that was that. I'm starting to think I was wrong to inject myself. It isn't my business, but my sister is right. She deserves her child back and I did witness the conversation of my mom offering to watch the child while they moved. Am I the astronaut? Update, it is 8.13 right now where I am and my sister came and got her daughter. My mom did resist though. She said, you're too young to be parents and gave her the speech about their special connection. And my sister said, I'm not leaving this house without my daughter. Sister threatened to call the police and then mom walked outside to call her friend or something and my sister just went upstairs into my mom's room, picked up her daughter and ran out. She is gone now, but I'm meeting her for breakfast soon while she's in town. Mom is crying saying, my daughter is heartless and is too young to be a mom. That's all. Just wanted you all to know my niece is safely reunited with her mother and soon her father as well. Holy shit. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, there's some things going on in this story that might lead me to believe that the mother is, is maybe crazy. Crazy is a term that I don't really think should be used lightly, and I'm not using it lightly here. To not understand that by agreeing to watch a child and then refusing to give that child back is considered kidnapping is a big red flag for mom. And mom, we talk about this a lot, is allowed to feel however she wants. Acting on feelings is a completely different issue. Saying that she's not going to give a child back to its mother, even if she is the grandmother, that doesn't give her the right to withhold the child. Her daughter is a legal adult. Holy crap. She very well could have ended up getting arrested here. Yes, they're young. People have kids too young all the time. It sounds like at least these two kids are being responsible. They moved to give the child a better life because they were moving for the father's job. They already have the baby's room set up. They just couldn't move and care for a baby at the same time, which is where mom came in. Well, guess what, grandma? You're never going to babysit again because you just tried to kidnap their kid holy shit the funniest part about all of this is that her special connection that she acted on and tried to kidnap her grandbaby is going to keep her from ever being able to see that grandbaby again what good does that special connection do you if you can never have a relationship with the kid period because you tried to take the kid from her mom how did she not think about that how in that moment was she like oh this is fine nothing bad will happen Nothing bad will happen when I refuse to give the baby back. I'll be allowed to have a long and fruitful relationship with this kid. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand any of this. I don't know shit about uh, This sounds like a nightmare. And OP, I think you did the right thing. You gave the mom warnings. And she still ignored them, but you gave her warnings. Also, if this did become a legal issue, you would be the one witness to the conversation where she agreed to watch the kid. So you were involved. Whether you liked it or not, whether mom liked it or not, you were involved. You did the right thing, and you ensured that the right thing was going to happen. So um, this isn't over, and I think that's the one point here. You're 18, and uh, this is going to be drama for the rest of your life. So just get ready. It ain't going to be pretty. Good luck.